Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, you already know I'm trained to go. It's about 8 o'clock for my favorite show. All the latest news on your radio. Yeah. Had to start a wave that I changed the flow. Y'all know who the best is. The Urban Collective. They know we the leaders. Every time you turn on your speakers. Every rhyme is just ether. See, I don't play in the booth. And every topic is serious. They don't play with the truth. See, what we do is inspire. Motivating the youth. And what you doing is tiring. We ain't hating on you. You see, we taking over. Do it cause we supposed to. With topics and logic that'll get you up off your sofa. And we getting closer. City right on our shoulders. Urban Collective. We do it for the city and the culture. Yeah. Hello, 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 everyone. It's your man and Icy from the Urban Collective Show alongside. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Bernadine Truth. So excited to be here on air with you all. This has been quite the week um, or the quite the two weeks since we've been on air. As always, we love to check in with one another as co-hosts and then give you all a breakdown of the week that was and just highlight a couple of events that have taken place since the last time we were on air, whether it's regarding pop culture, sports or local news and politics. But before I jump into all of that, and I see, how are you doing today? Uh, I am doing good now. Um, I was suffering this past weekend. I uh, took my second COVID shots. I am fully vaccinated, y'all. I'm ready to go out. Outside is calling. (laughs) So that is the only reason that I really went and took it. Um, But it kicked my butt. The second shot kicked my butt. Uh, So just be ready when you take that because it affects everyone differently. I had um, I took it on Friday, Saturday, Friday night-ish, Saturday I was good. Saturday midday, I started heading a fever. Um, also, going into Saturday night, I had the event to go to. I couldn't miss, but I'm at the event literally like having hot flashes. Uh, so that was crazy. Sunday, I had like the back of my neck, um, the headache all day. Uh, it kind of subdued on Monday a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm finally out of that. No pain, no body aches and anything like that. So it took about two days for me. A lot of people tell you the day after something is when um, it really affects you. you I'm glad to hear that you're doing so much better. You know, I still think about where, whether or not I'm going to take the vaccine Um, as a person who had COVID before, um, just thinking about whether or not my antibodies are still at full effect. So that's actually a test I'm going to take before um, I go forward with the vaccine is is see what my antibody level is, because if I do Mm -hmm. have it, if I do have my antibodies still active in my system, I don't think it makes the most sense to move forward with the vaccine at this time, given that a vaccine places antibodies in your body. And if I already have them, then it almost like defeats the purpose mm-hmm. a bit. At least that's what I've been told. So we'll continue to see. Um, yeah, we're gonna, I want to ask more questions about that. We'll probably try to bring someone on um, yeah. to see, uh, about that, because I've heard what you're saying and I've had other people be like, nope, you still need to take it. So. Yeah, I mean, it all depends. I think it depends on how people are at with it as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I don't know how much of how much traveling I'm doing like out of the country, let alone like out of the state right now. So we'll see. Um, But I mean, I think that 
I am happy for those who are able to take it or who have decided to take it. I support it. I think, you know, in the beginning, there were mixed emotions and reactions for folks, right? Myself included of whether or not I'm going to go forward with it. And I think that so long as people truly do feel better and feel more comfortable and our numbers are going down, then we must do what we have to do. I just really, from the bottom of my heart, hope that two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, that there's no reporting of major life-threatening challenges Mm. and issues to folks who have taken it. Um, as far as like how I'm doing, I think I'm doing all right. It's final season for school right now. And I feel like my energy is a little low. I think studying a lot takes takes a lot from a person. Um, and then when you study and you think you know information and then you sit for an exam and you're like, what is this? <laughs> I do not miss those days. It's not fun. <laughs> so we'll see how I continue to be a student, if at all I do. <laughs> so, you trust me. No, I mean, but that's okay. Part of it where everyone's like, No, you got this, you got this, and it's just yeah, like, No, it's really like disheartening, like for real. Yeah, you, you got one year underneath your belt. They always say the first year of law school is always the hardest because you have to learn how to relearn how to study again, especially for someone and study a different like language and way exactly. of studying. So, I think the yeah. hardest part, the hardest part is for me is going through it virtually, right? Like not having. Mm-hmm. study space, not having access to peers, not having access to my to our staff, like the faculty, not just like just not being fully immersed in the experience is isolating. Right. And so then you yeah. like your your main mode of checkpoints are yourself. So I'm like, if you don't know, it's like my left side to my right side. I was like, Bernadine, you know what this chapter is talking about? <laughs> I don't really know. Like, let's record a little bit. You know, I really thought about that segment right there. And I'm like, who knows? So God yeah. be the Lord, right? Um, so you know, we'll see how that goes. But it's like I just—I don't know. I have two more finals left, and and we'll continue to see what progress looks like. But I won't even go down that rabbit hole, y'all, because it's going to take a lot to get me out of it. Just know that I am here with you all this evening. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Let's see how much of myself I can believe in. Um, <laughs> Well, for the <laughs> I'm so serious for the world of um, week that was an information and updates, though, let's jump into it. I like to start. I mean, I typically like to end with pop culture, but I think for this one, I like to start with pop culture because it was recently wow. announced like yesterday um, mm-hmm. that the Black Panther sequel is coming out officially July 8th. 2021. Can't wait. Although I'm a little disappointed by the name. Um, I'm like, oh, so what's this one going to be called? It's like Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I'm like, but we, we've we always said Wakanda Forever. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's cool, but not cool. In, in the movies, when you follow the timeline, they actually came out now. So because in the movies or in that Marvel universe, uh, Wakanda was hidden. You know, they thought they were just a third world. But now they actually are opening up their borders and saying, no, we're, we're this powerful, we're Black powerful country and everything kind of focus on the country and everything versus just on the black panther by himself um got it well i am i am excited to see it you know um for those of you who don't know right bosman was part of was um t'challa in this movie and Mm -hmm. unfortunately he passed away at the age of 43 Last August has been a really, really sad, you know, he was dealing with cancer on the low. Um, I say that in a sense that like he really went through it privately. You know, he didn't want yeah. to 
to treat him any differently. He didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want that to be the focal point of what he was doing. And even even on set, you know, he was battling cancer. And so, um, you know, the producers and the director said that they intentionally did not put another Bozeman in the movie or T'Challa, you know, in this in this film. But it's interesting because the previews highlighted him, you know, so I'm also like, you know, I, the trailer, excuse me, highlighted him. So I'm, I'm curious to see how much of his, even if it's not his face, but just how much of his presence one could feel in the movie. We'll be in the movie. So take yeah. this thing, y'all. Black Panther 2, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, or Day will be coming out July 8th, 2021. If you don't know, now you know. I can't wait for y'all to watch it because I know we're going to. We're gonna oh, yeah, of course. Yes. I uh, can't wait to go back to the movies uh, just in general. Uh, and other pop culture news, uh, the celebrities are feeling it just like us, y'all. You know, a lot of them have been quarantined and not able to exercise and have gained some weight. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have it like the celebrities and being able to document it. Uh, you have uh, Will Smith himself, who is, uh, you know, for Bad Boys and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, he is going to try to lose some weight and get back in shape. He posted a picture the other day of himself saying this is the worst shape he's been in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and just basically having a little beer belly, like not shaved and everything like that. Uh, but it's going to be documented on YouTube as a series uh, to hopefully help motivate people to get back in shape uh, and help lose some of this uh, pandemic weight that a lot of people uh, have added on because you're just sitting in the house eating all day and night, you get up and go to your desk, which is five steps away from you most of the time or downstairs. And uh, you're not really going around and walking around and exercising. People are not going to the gym as much. So um, hopefully this will be a trend and uh, get everyone going back to the gym and everyone uh, thinking about their uh, weight and their health. Um I know I've been thinking about my weight and my health. I'm like, yeah. the minute my last final is submitted, you, I am back to the gym. Who are you because telling? This just is not it. Um, eating, I mean, and the thing is, it's like you don't even have to eat a lot. You're just, you're just not moving. And the lack yeah. of movement uh-huh. makes such a difference. And then, so then if you do end up eating like some fattening food one day, like having the burger, having the pizza, having the drink, like, you just think, you know, back in the day, you'd be like, oh, you know, like, you know, those add calories, you know, those calories add up. But when you have zero movement, I mean, those calories just never move. They add up. <laughs> when you, you find yourself just like, yeah, I know in the beginning, bad. there was a lot of people that was just like eating extra because they're like, oh, this is going to be around just for a month or two or whatever. We'll be back out soon. So yeah. people were loading up on food and you would walk in your house. You had all types of snacks and stuff. I had to stop buying snacks. I'm like, nope, I'm cookies. and Yeah, no, I'm done. No. I'm, done. I'm like, I haven't gone out for drinks in so long. I'm just like, I'm done because like the, I, I still don't even know what it's like to wear real clothes. I don't know what it's like to put makeup Yo, on. I don't know that what it's was like me this past weekend. Like, I had to go to a wedding and like my wife and I, she was like, oh my God, this is the first time I've been in heels and Oh, almost yeah. a year. <laughs> like, <laughs> I tried to. I I went out in heels twice. The first time I was holding on to air, God and <laughs> Um, and you know, pre pandemic. For those of you who don't know, pre pandemic, I was in heels all the time. Yeah, all the time. I'm like, like, not even five like, like all the time. Like, right? It's a, it, one of the gas station got my heels on. So now I'm like, wow, my feet don't know what to do. They're just like, mm. what is what is this level of confinement? This makes no sense. Um, so there's that, but then it's also the clothes. <clears throat> we said this before, clothes just don't fit the same way. So yes. um, we'll, 
more power to you. Continue to inspire people. I know so many people have also on on the flip side actually have committed to really changing up their diets already for like yeah. during the entire pandemic, and other people have gotten into fitness during the pandemic for their sanity, mm-hmm. right? So I think depending on how a person is functioning during this time, like you're on you're on either side of the spectrum, and then there are those of us who are somewhere in between. So for everybody who's out there trying to get fit, do it. It's a mindset though more than anything. So it's not about looking and comparing yourself to somebody else but about being the best version of yourself inside and out. And I say that to you all, also reminding myself of that because I've come down hard on myself a lot by the waking I've had during this pandemic. Yeah, man. You're not the only one. Like I was trying to on calls. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I got to change. I got to change. And then uh, Celeste, you're, you're not helping with the food stuff you'd be putting on. I don't know if you see her Instagram. She'd be putting all this food that she'd be baking. And I'm like, Okay, yeah. making me more hungry. Like I, I need to stop following food channels and stuff like that. That's not any help. No, but, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to drop off a meal. Um, I'll text you later <laughs> because you gotta hold me down. I expect it like next week. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Last home stretch of finals. Um, but moving on to the world of local. Well, actually, let's go to sports. The world of sports. Yeah. Um, I just want to take a moment. This passing took place a couple of weeks ago now, April 21st, but I'd be remiss if I didn't take a moment to acknowledge the passing of a Boston's young, I would say one of the most impactful young people in the world of sports in the city of Boston. Um, as of late, Terrence Clark, he passed away April 21st at the age of 19. He was playing basketball for the University of Kentucky. He grew up playing ball in the streets of Boston and part of so many Boston programs. When he passed away, I remember my timeline showcasing a number of my friends who work in this, the, the world of basketball, who train, who coach, who do whatever the case may be. And so many of them physically were in the same space as Terrence as he was growing up in the city. And so my heart goes out to the Clark family. My heart goes out to your mom. My heart goes out to your dad. He was going, he was on track to go be part of the NBA. That's actually why he was in LA to be with, which is unfortunately where he lost his life due to a car accident. You know, I, I followed him a little bit and I started watching some of his videos. And for such a young, for such a young person, he was so passionate and so committed to living, to living a better life, you know, and not, he, he really was committed to sports. He said, like, basketball was my plan. He was just like, you know, there's some people in, Bo- in Boston and speaking about himself and his peer group who are either super committed to sports or are in the world of drugs or try to do both. But he himself was somebody who wanted to solely focus on sports. And mm-hmm. so that's what he was doing. And he had a best friend that went along the journey with him. And he just continued to climb the ranks so much so that even as an injured sports player in the world of basketball his freshman year he was still being considered for the nba and so i look at all of that and i say you know my heart breaks to the family my heart breaks for you may you continue to rest in peace but also may the people who are connected to you or who will continue to live and hear your story um carry your legacy with them because i do believe at 19 years old to have passed away with this regard knowing what his future was lined up to be away for a reason and i don't necessarily know what that is yet and that greater impact, but I know that there will be one. Yeah. So yeah, rest in peace, Terrence. Uh, shout out to the family. We'll keep you in our prayers uh, always. Um, in other uh, local sports news, uh, you have the New England Patriots that just held their NFL draft, and they uh, went and got uh, the quarterback for the at the fifteenth pick. Uh, his name is Mac Jones. He came from Alabama as a quarterback. 
won the national title. A lot of people, including myself, was hoping that Belichick uh, traded up and went after Justin Fields, uh, who is a mobile quarterback uh, and is supposed to, on paper, be better. Uh, They could have traded up, but they didn't trade up. They ended up waiting. And Mac Jones is not a bad pick. It's just, I guess, like personal, um, personal opinion of myself and others that, you know, he should have went after Justin Fields and everything, but we'll see. Uh, they had a good draft. They picked a lot of uh, positions that they needed uh, inside on defense, linebackers and everything like that, and tackles uh, to help them out uh, on there. And hopefully this season will be better. Uh, we will hopefully get back in the playoffs. I'm hoping, uh, crossing my fingers, and we'll see what happens. But uh, shout out to the Patriots and welcome to New England, Mac Jones, if you're listening to this. All right. Moving forward with the world of local news, uh, y'all, we got an election coming up, and I'm sure people know what I'm talking about, but if you don't know, we are going to vote for our next mayor in the city of Boston currently right now. Um, we have acting Mayor Kim Janey, who in many ways is a highlighted first as the first black woman to assume such role as the first person of color to assume this role um, right in the city of Boston. And just as the first woman, I mean, again, right. So black woman, black. <laughs> I'll say that again. Oh <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm like the, the racial element is, is truly significant. We had a number of other states and cities who already had, well, excuse me, a number of other cities that already had their first black mayors. And so here we are finally being able to catch up in the city of Boston. But nonetheless, we have an election coming up. And so recently, most recently, the Boston City Council had agreed to push the preliminary mayoral election up to September 14th, which means that it's going it's moving up an additional week. Given everything that's going on with COVID, people still want to be people still want to ensure that constituents have enough time to cast a vote, that votes are in fact counted, that the world is in fact taking into consideration all that we all of those we'd like to consider for this for this election, this one coming up. And so again. People stay tuned. For those of you who truly do live and are residents in the city of Boston, please, please, please pay attention to all elements of local politics, um, but especially for your mayors, right? And people who are running for city councilor, which is also taking place right now. So pay attention to those who are truly advocating for you, for your community. Um, Fun fact, for those of you who don't know, you know, the first streets and, and neighborhoods that and zones that get a lot of the support when it comes time to like, I don't know, for example, snow cleanup or um, fixing potholes or, you know, just taking care of your streets typically are the ones that are, are typically the streets that have high representation for voting. And so I need you all to go out there, cast your votes, make your voices be known and take care of your streets. But most importantly, take care of your local neighbors um, by making sure that the best person to represent you is, in fact, the individual in office. Yes, it, it matters. I know a lot of people, you know, they care about the presidential election. And after the presidential election happens, it's like, yeah, forget about everything else. Yeah. It matters, everyone, especially if you live in the city of Boston, you work in the city of Boston um, and you're paying taxes in the city. You want to make sure the person that is in charge and knowing how to distribute your money that you're being taken out of your paycheck as being taken out of your paycheck is well represented is being done the right way. So make sure you go out and vote. They are moving it up. Hopefully it does happen and they move it up a little bit early, um, give people more time to vote and everything for that. So 
go vote, y'all. It matters. Do not just let it rely on the other people. And then when you start complaining. Mm-hmm. Like potholes, <laughs> schools, resources, yeah, access, yeah, like, local. All of that is local. So yes. take care of your so, backyard in order to be able to explore the rest of the world is my hope and my goal. So Kim Janey exactly. still has to, um, Acting Mayor Kim Janey still has to approve this motion, and but I, I think it would be approved because I think Marty Walsh also tried to push it forward before he left. Um, yeah. Just again, in consideration of everything that's going on in our world. So let's make sure again, regardless of when, if they move it up or not, that you just go out there and cast a vote. Local politics in any neighborhood truly makes a difference. Yes, yes, y'all. And in national news, you have the United States now has fully vaccinated more than 100 million people wow. against COVID-19. Um, according to to the U.S. Center for Disease and Control uh, and Prevention. Uh, It's a big milestone that uh, President Biden had set, and, you know, they were able to reach it within his first 100 days or right around that 100-day timeline. So that is one thing that will be helpful because what they're saying is if we can get about 70 to 75, almost 80% of people fully vaccinated, we'll see a drastic downturn in the numbers of daily COVID cases. Even in the state, we're starting to get underneath the thousand. We were at, you know, hovering around 2000 or so a few months back, 1400, 1500 each day. The past few days, uh, we've gone under a thousand. I remember the other day was around like 800 and something, 854 or so that were diagnosed with COVID uh, on a daily basis. So that number is going down. The vaccination is working, y'all. And if you want to go out, make sure, still keep wearing a mask, still keep yourself protected. doesn't mean you go out there and you act crazy, you don't care, but get vaccinated if you can. Um, And not only that, but also still be careful, still wear a mask, still wash your hands and try to keep the distance when you are out in public as much as you can to adhere to that because those guidelines will still help. Because just because you're vaccinated, it doesn't mean the next person next to you is. So if you accidentally caught COVID, you can still pass it on, even though you are vaccinated. So that is still out there. But being vaccinated will make sure that the reactions that might happen to your body will not be as bad as it was before the vaccine um, is in your system. So make sure you do that vaccinated. Let's increase the number. You know, that's a third of the country. We have the census that we have close to 370 something million people in the U.S. So let's get more people. Oh, vaccinated. A, third, a third of the country got vaccinated. A third. Yeah, about a third right now. So you're looking at about, oh yeah, census was like we have 354, 364 million people. The last census. Mm-hmm. Um, so 100 million is fully vaccinated. Uh, so if we can get by, let's say the fall, we can get up to the 200, 250 range. That'll be awesome. And then by the end of the year, if you can get even close to the 300 million, that would be amazing. So that next year, 2022, we're not still doing this. We're not in our basement. I can be out looking across the table at Bernadine yelling at her for her stupid stuff that we get into arguments and everything about. Eh, I've been good. No more yelling at me. Getting <laughs> no old, y'all. Get more. Of like, eh, not even no, What happened? I'm just just getting older. Just getting older. You know what it is? Honestly, school has destroyed me and and work. I mean, I love I love all of the above, but time has been taken. Time has been taken, and then just managing personal life, and you know. 
Once in a while, I'm still gonna sing my theme song. Like I'm coming up. Oh god! Oh god! Turn up and have a good time when it happens. But (laughs) honestly, like honestly, this is gonna be my first summer in my house, so I'm looking forward to enjoying my home. capacity like sitting outside underneath the stars patio grilling a little bit so you got a grill yet you didn't get a grill i'm not in a rush the same way i think that being in covid for so long has had me be like okay this is cool this is cool because i don't even know what a turnip's gonna be like anymore like i I really don't know yeah no that's true i mean i think people will party more people i think is gonna enjoy i think people are gonna be more low-key socially no, I think it's actually gonna bet like worse. Have you seen? Have you seen the streets? Like people no, go out right now. You go down south. You go anywhere. People go out. People have parties like not wearing masks, celebrating, and everything like that. Um, so it is gonna get crazy. I think when we're like, hey, you're free to roam. You're free to do whatever. People are gonna travel a lot more. You have people that are holding vacations that haven't gone on vacation in over a year. You know, people like me, I'm just like, uh, excuse me, I will take multiple vacations. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking a month off. I'm taking a week off every month till I can have any more. So, yeah, people are going to go crazy. Like, crazy. I feel like it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a combination. I think what's going to happen, too, is there's a new generation of folks who are going to be social right now, right? So, like, mm-hmm. this, so the pandemic was also that time where, a lot of like students in their first years of college or whatever the case may be happened virtually. And I think there's a whole new subset of graduates that have happened that people don't really know, like haven't really social, like, you know, just haven't celebrated the end milestone that transition. So I Mm -hmm. think to that point, there'll definitely be those moments. But I do also think that there's some people who are like, you know what? I'm a chill. I'm gonna sit this one out. Like I think that's about when people can go out. They're like, hey, you can go out. It's okay. cool. Well, because even now, right? I don't think you have, you're not restricted to wear masks the same way in, outside in Massachusetts. Outside, but you know. But, but that makes a difference because, again, people are going to dine out. Like, it's the summertime. Boston looks totally different in the summertime oh, than yeah, it does in the winter and then yeah. the fall, right? So, people, I, I definitely agree that a lot of people are going to be out more. Like, I mean, already on sunny days, you go down 95 and you're just. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was traffic the other day. I was like, it's I'm Saturday. Like, it's, here. it's like nine o'clock in the morning, but it's just like people are like, son, I'm out. Yep. I'm yep. Out. But, you know, so I, I feel like, I feel like, yes. But then again, to that, I think, excuse me, I think that people are also going to say, like, you know what? This still might be a little too early to do some things and people are going to wait it out. But I think it's interesting, though, just having like fall is going to be a crazy year. So we talked about baby boomers back in the day. Um, mm. We got COVID boomers. OK, and I can't wait for us to coin them and <laughs> not coining them as COVID boomers. COVID because boomers. Oh, the amount of friends and people I know personally who yeah. are having children due in September. Yeah. Children due in October. I'm like, all of y'all were super thankful come October, November. Everybody was saying grace to their loved ones in for Thanksgiving and made babies. So I'm like, people's families have also increased during COVID. Yes. So yes like, like, get ready for this wave of human beings. I, that I, I have, have like, like you said, so I have another wave of like friends and family members that are like, oh, I, I feel like from January till, not even January, from like February, the past couple of months, almost every week, we've had some news. Oh, guess who's pregnant? Oh, guess who's pregnant? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's definitely going to have a lot more COVID babies, um, a lot more size in the families. I mean, that's a great thing. You know, expand, expand the families. We get to celebrate, bring some more children into this earth. 
hopefully. No, sure. you no, know, sure. That'll be a good thing. That'll be a good thing. I, I, that I don't mind um, on there, but we'll see. Uh, I like the COVID baby term. I don't <laughs> actually name of that. I don't <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I'm telling you, COVID boomers. It just makes sense because it's also just like, <clears throat> it's thinking about the children that were, that were created, like, specifically during COVID. Mm-hmm. makes such a difference. I think it just identify like who they are, who do they become, like what do they do, what are their families like. Uh I think, especially because again, like right now, like people are pregnant also getting the vaccine. So I'm like, are we gonna create these like bionic mega babies? Like I don't know. I don't like know. are we gonna I, have I like ninja, ninja to, what teenage yeah. in humans? Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't take the pregnancy. If you were somebody's pregnant, I wouldn't take that. I'm sorry. I'm like, I know because yeah, it just goes and it goes naturally to your child from big. Yeah, I know, but still, I, I would have held off if uh, there was a vaccine and I was pregnant or my wife was pregnant. I'm like, yeah, let's hold off till after they could come. Teenage mutant humans are coming and COVID boomers. COVID boomers. I'm like All ready. Right. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But let me ask you this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say you heard the term here first. Collective COVID boomers. Listen and don't forget my siblings. You and no. I don't want. I don't want to call children. I don't want to call children. I'm trying to tell you how people like to have these kids and they're gonna be like three months climbing on walls. <laughs> you're gonna be like, yeah, what are you doing? Taking the kid for a walk, but the kid's walking you because they can do that. At like, oh, God. Just, get ready, just get ready. But I say, on the spirit of really thinking about COVID and how we are, in fact, transitioning, right? Like, we came from the, the like, we're still in spring. We're getting closer to, we're getting closer to the summer. Um, what would you say is like a summer, summer COVID goal? That you have summer COVID goal. Uh wow. I haven't really like had a goal set in mind for the summer. Ooh. I definitely want to go out more. Uh because I feel like last summer I was just inside the whole summer. So I I, I do want to go out more. I want to go camping, which is something I've always wanted to do, but never had the time to do it. Now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make sure I do this. So probably do these smaller activities um, with family members and everything like that, that couldn't do last year, especially now to having more kids around, bring the kids together more. I was going to say more Um, kids. I was like, wait, what? No, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't do that. (laughs) No, 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 no. Over babies times two. No, 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 no. You you, want to tell me something? Exactly. Exactly. So (laughs) don't do that. Uh, But yeah, having more children around. So having them interact with each other, get to know each other more, hang out with each other. um, I can't wait for that. That's probably going to be the the thing that I'm not what that's definitely what I'm looking for forward to the summer. What about you? Awesome. Um, I would say two things. One is one is definitely, like I said, enjoying my home more um, in the summer. Like, I think I want to utilize like my outside space and Mm -hmm. just be in my yard and just be like a local resident. I don't know what that means, um, but I'm going to try it. I also, I think my street is really gross or can be really gross and dirty. No shade to my neighbors, but I'm throwing shade to my neighbors. Um, Yes. And I'm like, I don't have a fence or a gate at my house, which I'm probably going to install soon. Mm. And I'm like, where does all this trash come from? Because it's not coming from me. So <laughs> I'm going to do a street cleanup. So I'm looking forward to being the annoying neighbor. Where oh, like, you're going to be one of those. Uh, yes, that uh, is me. And I'm wearing it with a badge of honor. So for anybody who lives in Hyde Park, 
you don't, I'm not going to put my street name out there right now, but you're going to see me knock on a door and you're going to see me say, grab a ray, grab a broom. Mm-hmm. We clean up our streets. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I'm also really looking forward to, again, the fitness statement, right? So like when Will's just like, I'm getting back, you know, um, Martin Lawrence, like he had a picture with his kids and he like he put on some weight. Like I'm like, it's, it's a real thing. And so I want to get back to that positioning of um, of health and wellness. And I say like my maybe like my 2.5 is also just relaxing so that, you know, I go back to school and I'm like ready, ready to be there and ready to juggle it all. OK, well, so stay was- for some backyard escapades, though. And I see you're going to have to come through. Uh, yeah, well, I'll think about it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> anyways, collective, as you know, we always have a guest lined up for you to interview. Uh, let me add the guest on and Bernadine will do the introduction. What's poppy y'all? It's your girl. Oh, we're here with Urban Collective Show. Yo, the one and only my favorite in the city. You already know what time it is. You can find us at the urbancollectiveshow.com. You know what time it is, boy. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. All right. How are you? I'm very well. Good, good, good. So glad to have you. Um, for those of you who don't know, part of our segment at the Urban Collective Show is to highlight amazing and phenomenal individuals in the greater Boston community who are doing like so much, so much great work and have so many talents deserving of being highlighted. And so tonight we'd like to introduce you all to event designer Aisha James, who was born on February 24th, 1981. Fellow Pisces in a room. Um, the African-American native of Cambridge, Massachusetts is the founder and lead designer of Boston-based event design firms, Endless Endless Flair Events. Her dynamic and unique style is unbridled, ranging from classical to avant-garde concepts, producing work that is much celebrated and vastly on demand from her diverse portfolio of unique design themes for nuptials, community and political events like the election night, um, celebration to the celebration of high profile of high profile individuals spare no expense um, with regards to the creation for public figure, excuse me, for public figures. She has founded and established her own niche as a creator of masterful backdrops. Y'all know y'all love y'all backdrops, especially with them selfies. <laughs> <laughs> Against um, which memories can remain tethered to life celebratory high points. Her creative work speaks for itself and has been featured in numerous publications. I'm so excited for you. Congrats. Thank Aisha you. is also the mother to five Five-year-old Christian Jones is a devout believer. She believes her calling is to assist the disenfranchised in discovering greatness and purpose by building self-esteem and confidence. This work has inspired her commitment to be a Chica Project Mentor, which is a great organization, a youth and leadership development nonprofit. She has been recognized for her philanthropic work within the city of Boston, where she is the preferred event designer for Congresswoman Ayanna Presley on personal and community-based events. Again, our local community inspirations. In 2019, Aisha launched the Art of the Table, an inclusive, an exclusive, excuse me, gala and a practical training seminar for aspiring event industry professionals. So Aisha, you do so much. We are so excited to have you. Say hello to the people. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you. That was a long bio. That was a long bio. Girl, you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot. You're like, you know, I was here. I was there. I'm a little bit everywhere. Shout out to Ayana. Shout out to your son. Thank you. Mentorship. So we're so excited to have you and to learn more about you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Share your story. Um, So, and I said, do you want to just start with the first question? Yeah, of course. Uh, Thank you again, Aisha, for being on. 
Um, I wanted to ask you, so in the beginning or when you were younger, did you foresee yourself getting into this field? Um, and if you did, what made you pivot towards that? I did not. I actually thought I wanted to be a nurse. So I worked in healthcare for 17 years. I went to school wow. for assisting because my mom was a nurse. And so I said, oh, I love to help people. And I'm like, oh, I, my calling is probably a nurse. When I went to school for medical assisting, I did my internship at Boston Medical Center. And then I said, yeah, no, I don't want to be a nurse. But I did love helping people. So I worked at Boston Medical Center for 17 years. I stopped working there in 2019 and decided to do event design full time. But throughout my tenure there, I did produce Broadway style fashion shows, um, always did designing for family only. So I didn't have a portfolio. And when I decided that I wanted to do this, I applied for some well-known event design companies and they said I didn't have a degree, so they wouldn't hire me. However, there is no degree in design, event design, that is, or event planning. I mean, you can go to School of Hospitality. However, this is a God-given talent. So in that moment, I didn't think that I was going to start this company that is, was going to flourish into this. It was really starting it to create a portfolio to work for someone else. Mm. And fast forward, I had my son. And when I thought about working for someone else, which would require me to work 80 hours a week or for myself, I determined how much I'm going to work. So I'm involved in his life. Mm. It made more sense for me to continue with Endless Flare. And now I'm here. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much. So you talked about juggling again, right? Well, one, following your passions, right? So somebody's just telling you, oh, well, you don't have this credential. And you're like, well, when it's a God-given talent, it's a God-given talent. I don't need a credential for that, um, right. right? And then also just manage, managing and balancing what it's like to be a mom, but again, fulfilling your passions and your interests, but then also just making, you, making sure that you put yourself out there. Um, yes. What has been, like, can you talk to us a little bit more about like what kind of sacrifices have gone into your ability to really fulfill your passions? Like what have you had to compromise on to make sure that you are where you are? right now? Well, I can see since I've been doing this since August of 2019 full time. So I left BMC initially because I never planned to leave. Although God was telling me two years ago to leave, you know, the consistency of having or the comfort of having a consistent paycheck. And now I have this young boy that I have to care for. Mm -hmm. I was full of fear and I didn't. But in 2019, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. I was out on leave. And remind you, I was there 17 years. And while I was out on leave, I worked in finance. I was a manager of 60 staff. After the three months, they posted my job. Wow. And I'm in the union. So I guess that made a decision. I could have went back to another department or whatever it was. So I decided to take the leap of faith then. I don't feel as though I really sacrificed. I just didn't take the event design or endless flair as serious as I do now, although I've worked up until this point, so I've done stuff every single year, my priorities were different. My priority was really just to provide for my son. Mm -hmm. And um, again, I had fear as to, am I capable of owning a company and it being successful? Mm -hmm. And when I decided to bet on myself, that's what got me here. Now, I've been seeding into myself for over 15 years. Event design for the last six, but as I said, I did Broadway style fashion shows. I used to promote. So a lot of things where my name was already out there as a creative. Mm-hmm. But this is my passion, but not my purpose. So mm-hmm. I also do coaching for event industry folks that are just 
coming into the industry. So if you're an entry level event designer, planner, um, or you need to build your self-esteem confidence, I do coach. For years, I mentored my staff for free. And now I charge for sessions through endless coaching. Okay. No, I like that. Because that's something that this industry, like you said, there's not really, you could go to school or anything like that. So for people getting started, would you suggest that they do an internship or go underneath something like you and find somebody that can help coach them um, through it or just dig in and just get started and learn on the job? No, definitely volunteer. I tell anyone that I coach that is just starting, volunteer. Find an event planner, designer, wedding planner, because they're all different. And a lot of people don't even know that they're different. I do not plan. I am a designer. Planners do logistics. So one, we break down what the difference is and what their niche is and how to create their brand. And then I tell them to start um, volunteering for people, whether it's me or anyone else, because of course, hands-on experience is the best, right? And this may not be a field that you really want to get into. It's high stress Mm. and you can't deal with it. It's not for you. And your best bet is to intern first or yes, find a coach like me. What I've learned is that people are not transparent and they don't want to help someone with the fear of them doing better than them. A faith believer that what's for me is for me and anyone that I can help. Of course, you're not going to give away every single gem, but I give away enough that they will be successful. Got right. it. So, if you're a coach, definitely a mentor. If you have to pay for it, I pay for a life coach. Do that. But I am also like right now I opened it up that I would have volunteers. So right now I have volunteers for each of my events and I have about 15 coming up. That oh, wow. a volunteer. And while they're volunteering, they can ask me questions, which is mm. free coaching. Right. Thank you so much. And I also want to go back to thanking you for your transparency and your uh, your honesty and your authenticity, right? With regards to, you know, your experience when you were at BMC. So it's just like, you know, just to know that you, you again, were somewhere for 17 years. And then after taking that time of self-care, right, given a diagnosis, you were in a position where you're like, hey, I need to take this time off. And then they posted your position, which I would yeah. imagine like some probably like union contracting thing if they did it after three months. But nonetheless, right. It's almost like you've been here for so long and like this is where we are now, right? Um, right. You talk about that, that, that level of fear that exists, which I think is so real for so many of us, whether or not we want to acknowledge the truth behind it, right? That fear in many ways propels us forward in, the same, in that same breath, fear can also hold us back. And so here yes. you are recognizing the importance of prioritizing yourself and your son, but then pouring into your business. Um, yes. Please talk to us a bit about how your business has in fact manifested itself and has grown during this time of COVID, right? Because going full-time in 2019 and now we just hit 2021, I could only imagine like, whoop, whoop, of this, let's go. And then it's like <laughs> virtual, <laughs> you know, wow. what was that like? It's, it's weird because I don't really like to say it because I know last year was very unfortunate for a lot of people. Yeah. Last year was my best year yet of life. I made the most money last year than I ever have at BMC or with Endless Flare. Um, So it was good. And February of last year, right before COVID, I launched my in-home dining, which I bring in two chefs to serve as myself to create a beautiful tablescape, but give you this experience for up to 10 people. 
perfect for COVID because you can't have a lot of people in your house. You don't want a lot of people in your house. So I did really well with that. And that's more of what I'm pushing this year. So last year was really good. God was good to me. And I think that's because I pour so much into people. And he's been telling me that you're holding on to this little thing, but I have so much more for you if you just let it go. Right. And so sometimes I believe that even when God's telling us to do something, we don't do it. He's going to remove us from that situation so he can bring us where we want to go or where he sees us going. So there's a plan for our lives. And if you don't do it, sometimes he makes a decision for you. So I say that to say I bet it on myself to not apply for a job and go back. And it was the best year. I made the most money ever. I poured back into the community more than ever last year. Um, I did dinners for the seniors. I kind of adopted a family of 11 that I was able to support financially throughout that time. So it was it was my best year, honestly. Wow, I love that. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats on that. I've had the chance to attend one of the private events that she did uh, for a friend of mine's for a birthday. So it was amazing. So I want to put their business out there, but um, no, it was a great uh, event that I attended. Going back to events in general. Uh, so doing private events and doing uh, regular events for people. I know sometimes clients are coming to you. They might have a theme or you might have that person that comes to you and say, I don't know what I want. I just want something great. Which one do you like? Do you like that customer that comes to you with a theme and they want that specific theme or somebody that comes out and says, just make it look nice, I believe in you, whatever. So I, my clients really don't have too much to say. So what my clients say is I either have a theme or I have a theme in colors or I just have colors. Okay. Uh, put the disclaimer out there in the beginning that I work a lot different than anyone else. I can think outside the box if you don't give me a whole bunch of stuff that you want. So I get to know my clients and what they want, how they want to feel when they walk into a space. Of course, they want to be wowed. But not one of my clients have ever seen their decor prior to an event. I don't do mood boards. I don't do mock-ups, even for my weddings. So if you're hiring me, you're trusting me, right? You've seen the stuff on my page and you're coming to me because you feel as though I'm an expert in this area and I'm going to wow you. And that's exactly what I'm going to do because I'm hard on myself. And if I don't like a design, I'll redesign it multiple times because of that. Sometimes it's probably more pressure on me to make sure someone loves it. But I'm grateful so far. Everyone has loved their events. I've never had anyone that wasn't pleased, but I operate that way. But I know other people do mock-ups and mood boards for their clients and let them say, yeah, I like this. No, I don't. I think that's a little bit more difficult for me. Because I see the vision. And if I showed you this chair with this wall and this balloon, you can't envision it. So you're probably going to say, I don't like that. But I know what the mm -hmm. old is going to look like. And I know you're going to love it. So I don't have really that stress. You tell me your colors. You tell me your theme. And I just run with it. Oh, my gosh. I'm like that. Hearing you, I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, I got to do something with you. And then I'm also like panicking because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, right, I can't buddy. see anything until it's done, which I'm also I'm just nosy. I'll be like, what's up there? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if I saw you at the on the street somewhere at a store, I'd be like, what's in that bag? Like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, difference, the difference with me is the majority of my events are custom. You will never have an event that house had. Not one of my clients, not anyone else here in Boston, anywhere else. Everything is going to be customized for you. And any custom pieces, you get to keep. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm not repeating designs or reusing decor, things of that nature. So you would you wouldn't know what I'm doing with the stuff that you make. <laughs> I love it. I'm like I'm sitting here like, hmm, what am I gonna? I do next? We have an audience question, real yes. quick though. Uh, uh, according to that, they're asking, how do you deal with the anxiety, especially when your clients are stressing out? My clients do not stress me. So we have a clear, no, I'm so serious. And I'm not I love that. I love it. There's some of my clients on here because I've seen the comments, some of the comments that popped up, they can tell you they don't stress me. So that if they have reoccurring payments, they just send me their payment. It's a trust thing, right? Yeah. So once you build that trust with your client, because I may not be for everyone and that's okay. Because um, every client's not my client and I'm not the right person for everyone. That's but if you're hiring me, you're trusting me. And my clients honestly do not trust me. The most stress comes from sitting with my vendors so that they get my um, my designs correct. Because I outsource everything. When I first started, of course, I didn't have the budgets that I have now. And I'm sitting here spray painting everything, reusing stuff. But I've worked my way up to this point where all my vendors are black and brown. I'm very proud of that. All of my vendors are black and brown. And sometimes you're sitting with a vendor for two hours for them to get what's in your head correct. Uh, But my clients don't stress me at all. I have amazing clients. I really do. I love that. So also, I think establishing that level of boundaries and understanding, like, listen, like you said, it's the trust. So when you're signing up to work with Aisha, you are signing up to say, do you, and I'm going to just pay the fees and the due and show up that day. Uh, I want to go back, though, to a comment you made earlier where, you know, you talked about the importance of mentorship and supporting somebody and giving advice. Um, But we do live in a world where there is still that like that same way, particularly I I like to call out the black and brown community for women where we're still operating under that conditioning that there's not enough room at the top for all of us. Right. And so it's like we're competing with each other or maybe aren't necessarily the most supportive. Can you talk to us about what your experience has been like specifically as a black woman designer in the city of Boston or in the greater city, um, the greater city of Boston with regards to community partnership support from, I'd say other, from your peers, like black women, but anybody, right? But I definitely want to understand like what it's been like for you amongst other black women who, who put on events. Um, I have some friends in this industry and others, I mean, not so much. I feel like there's just fear amongst us. Like, I don't think we really know how to come together, you know, and I think because we're intimidated, we choose or assume someone is a certain way. They think they're better than or whatever. So we don't even take the initiative to speak. And that's why I target the people that are just starting in the industry to change that dynamic and build community within the event industry so that we can get more comfortable asking these questions because a lot of us deal with the same issues, but we have no one to turn to or the cl- what clients do is they'll take an email and they'll copy and paste it to every one of us. But if we communicated better, we could say, okay, this is what I quoted this client. This is what we should all be charging so that we can get paid for the services and it's not free. Um, I'm just really at this point of trying to build community and get a realistic price point for minorities because when we look at other races, they're bringing home way more than we are and we're just so catty because we want to compete versus working with each other because there's enough clients, there's enough events. But working in the city of Boston is very difficult in general because it's not a city for creatives. Mm. Now, healthcare, education, um, STEM, science, whatever yep. it is, that, yep. 
Boston, if I was corporate solely, if I did corporate planning, yes. But Boston is not the state for creatives. It's, it really isn't. So yes, do I make the most out of the minority planners or designers? Absolutely, right? But it's still nowhere, what I'm nowhere close to what I know I am capable of making, like my future work. It's, it's not here. And so, yes, do I plan to relocate? Absolutely. I was going to say, then, yeah, gonna, where, where do you look to go? Like, where do you feel like fosters this level of creativeness um, with regards to being a, a, an, like a designer of events in this capacity? So I do know, I wouldn't call New York, but New York, New Jersey are top. LA is top. Um, Texas is big for designers. Wow. Uh, Florida... Miami, I go to Florida every other week because my boyfriend lives there. So I'm venturing out there in terms of business as well. And I feel like I would do well, especially with my in-home dining for the areas, the Mm. area that I would move to. But if I wanted to do full event design, Miami's right there. And people do invest in those over-the-top events there. But my mindset has shifted a little bit. My priority is in-home dining and coaching. My idea is to have at least coaching five days a week and also doing in-home dining because that's more lightweight, but it's more intimate. And I appreciate those a little bit more for my regular events. I don't stay for weddings only, but my in-home dinings, I am there because I'm creating a whole experience for those clients. Absolutely. I love that. (laughs) Uh, One thing I wanted to kind of go back on and touch on was how you're saying that, you know, you have a son and learning how to balance your time being entrepreneur and in the field that you're in events Mm -hmm. are happening on weekends. Your weekends are probably busy. You're teaching and you're coaching during the week and everything. So, how do you find that time? And now that you say you have a boyfriend that's out of state, out of state, I'm like, everything um, right now. So my son's father is very supportive. What we do is like week on, week off. So it works. And if so, the whole month of June, July, I have events every single weekend. So what I would do is his dad would have him on the weekend, and that means I'd have him throughout the week. So I don't miss the time with him. He's five and going on six in September and he'll start to play sports. And when that happens, then I'll adjust my schedule because my biggest thing and what I see a lot of adults, that traumatic um, thing that they talk about, especially men that don't like to talk about it so much, but you can hear it that their parents weren't able to attend games and Mm. white school, both parents are there and they have the support and we don't. And we push it off because we don't talk about what it does to us mentally and you know, that childhood trauma, we grow up with that as adults and we don't know why we behave certain ways. I don't want that for my son. I think whatever he experiences in life, I don't want it to be because I inflicted those things onto him. So Mm -hmm. he is my priority and I can decide when I want to take events or not. And I think that, not I think, I know that's why I'm choosing in-home dinings over full event design because in-home dining can happen any day of the week. It doesn't have to be, oh, it's a birthday or an anniversary. It could be a just because. And I've had those just because. And I control my schedule. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. About making sure that your son knows that he's a priority, that he's of importance, and that you don't miss out on his major significant events, right? Because I think that what you're talking about is oftentimes what parents struggle with or, um, you know, it, it's Oftentimes, not even what's spoken about because you're almost ashamed and embarrassed, right? To say like, well, I want to follow my dreams, even though you have a child, right? And it's just like, no, no, no. But by me following my dreams as a parent, I hope to inspire my child to follow their dreams too. Like you said in the beginning, you went into the field of nursing because your mom was a nurse, right? And then your 
was like, eh, this is not necessarily for me, but I love helping people, right? And love being supportive of people. And so it's it's truly important, I'd say, to parents out there. And I know I'm speaking as a person who's not a parent, but from the friends that I do have who are truly doing the best that they can for their children, stay true to follow your dreams too, because yeah. your children will be able to watch you do that, even in the highs and lows and the sacrifices you make. Like, that's a realistic approach to parenting that we yeah. need to be able to expose our children to. And I'm, I, I'm also aware that everyone doesn't have the support system, right? So my son's father is supportive, but some people just have themselves and mm. they honestly can't. So you have to just try to figure out a balance. And I think it gets a little bit easier as your kids get older, but some people just do not have a support system. And, it, you know, it really does take a village yes. to, be able to do things, especially entrepreneurship. It's very demanding. I can only imagine, um, again, like, as an entrepreneur myself, a full-time worker and a student, I'm like, there's just no time. Um, but you make it work. You try, right? Even if you, like, I, like my eyes are red sometimes. Sometimes I'm on air. People are just like, are you all right? And I'm like, I'm just surviving, you. <laughs> um, but with that, right, so talk to us about your design. So, like, what... Um, what has been like your favorite? Like if you could think about, you know, like if you could like rank like your top five events or themes or concepts that you put together, like what would you say they were? And then I'd also flip it and say, what would you say was like your least? So like, even though you said your clients have always been satisfied, like have you ever been like, like I actually wasn't happy. I'm happy you happy, but I'm not happy. Yes. When I first started, when I look back at that stuff, I'm like, oh my goodness, this was trash. But I mean, it wasn't, it was where I started, right? We all have a journey, but I'm like, oh my goodness, I could do so much better. I mean, I've evolved as a designer as well. You know, when you know better, you do better. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know, and I didn't have those budgets. So it's like so far off to think I could hang my own floors on the ceiling, put up drapery and all of these other things when I first started. Um, so I would say my earlier work is probably my least favorite. My all of my events from last year, I would say are my favorite. My workshop art of the table was my second year last year. And I blew myself out of the way. I cried like for days and days and days because I seen myself there on my fifth year with that transformation. Right. It was a blank warehouse on my page. You'll see it blank warehouse. And I transformed the entire thing. And that's where I seen myself on my fifth year. But it's what I want to do. I want to hang florals in my own chandeliers and put up walls and floors and be able to have those kind of budgets. So to do that early on was great. A lot of every event I did last year was honestly my favorite. And it's more than five. It's amazing. I wish you nothing but the best. Continue to the best. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. For real. Because I'm like, that's really what it's about, right? And it's like word of mouth. And like I saw like Joanna's comment saying that you became family. Like, you know, and to your point that you mentioned earlier, like people don't see it until it's, until it's done. And I think that this is how how I th- I believe like this is what like sisterhood is all about in building business. Because Joanna is somebody that I love and I appreciate and I support. Right. And she's vouching for you. So then I'm like, well, then I'm a vouch for sis too. And I was going to vouch for you off of face value the fact that you assist that and we hear right <laughs> but um, like the added element of it is just like well, again when people we know we trust we work well together we speak on certain experiences like that matters right and so I also love the fact that you really are prioritizing mentorship because again that's truly how we change the narratives and that's how we unpack traditional norms is by taking the stab at saying like hey the traditional way of operating for us doesn't really work for us and doesn't really work for the work we're looking to do. So rather than build bridges, let's um, rather than build walls, let's build bridges and let's continue to work together. So thank you. Yeah. I and then, uh, another question coming from the audience uh, from Brandy. So how do we improve our Boston for improved community for creatives? 
can we retain talent versus having everybody go elsewhere to find better um, jobs? Um, I personally don't think Boston will ever change and be a state for creatives. We're just not structured that way here. Um, I really don't think we can change. I think we can build community within ourselves to build each other up. I mean, I'm talking from a mental standpoint outside of like event design, you know, just building each other up with self-esteem and confidence in that. And then you can go anywhere, right? Uh, but I don't believe we're going to change it, that Boston would be the state for creatives. If you're an artist or whatever, it's just not, the, you know, even musically, anything, it's just mm-hmm. not here. You go somewhere to make it happen. That's why there's certain states that are um, top for many different things. Boston's not the top for creatives. Yeah, we don't have the top state. They they do not support us. Like, um, there's something like I remember when we first started the podcast, someone told us they were like, Philadelphia compared to us, they spend millions of dollars to help uh, young creatives compared to Boston. Their budget is less than seven figures uh, in there. So it's a drastic change, not just from the people, but you have the city that's like not giving anything. So it is difficult to do that. Even when you become a vendor of the city, because I'm a vendor of the city and try to bid on contracts and Mm -hmm. it's just a long process of having them even recognize you. And it's like, okay, well, I have to meet this quota. So, yeah, we'll hire you for this. But you're on this list and you don't get any feedback or any clients from the city. It's just Mm -hmm. not the city for creatives, unfortunately. You know, but I still say be great. And I feel like if you can make it here, what I've done here, that shows me that the state that is the top state for this or any state that I move to, I can really make it happen because it's hard here. It's hard to sell yourself in Boston. It's like mm-hmm. selling your soul in a sense to like <laughs> convince somebody that you're worth what you're worth. Although they see it, it's still like, you yeah, know, I want you to do all this stuff for free. Mm-hmm. We have to change our mindset as well and not expect minorities to do things for free or undercut. Like if I'm saying know your worth, Know people's worth. And if it's not in your budget, that's okay. I had this conversation with someone else and it's like, oh, it's not your your responsibility to tell people where they should start. No, I am because a basic event for when you're getting rentals and everything else here should start at 4,000. That's if you don't even want to pay yourself. But that's if you have to get rentals. People are starting because they don't know any different or any better at 1,500. So, you know, I made the same mistake. You're spending all your own money on other people's events, you know, and so you don't know you need someone to coach you and it gets overwhelming. I've asked people to mentor me, not in the state, but mentor me. And they said, no, I think certain people are just intimidated by that. But either way, God has me right. I'm going to make it. If it takes me a little longer to get there, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm so passionate about the mentoring and the coaching, because I've asked people and they've said no. That's it. That's it. That's it. Again, right? You said earlier where you're like, I'm like event design is your passion, right? But your purpose is mentorship. Yes. And you hear it and you feel it, right? Because again, it's about like, yes, I'm doing what I love, but what I truly am committed to do and what I'm here for is to truly pour into other people to help them to aspire to achieve their dreams as well. And I yes. love the comment about knowing your worth because I've been in positions too where you know, people have been like, yo, B, you're so talented. You're so this. Like, we want you to do this for us, you know? Um, know your worth, know your worth. But you got us for free, though. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you want me to know my worth, but then you want me to do it for free. Okay, cool. So I'm like, I don't really know <laughs> where we're at in these conversations now. Don't get me wrong, because there are moments in time where I'm, of course, I'm going to do something for free, right? Because it's about who my audience is, who my clients are, right? And like, based on the need and based on the impact. 
So I'm not saying to people out there, like, don't ever do anything for free. But I think that to Aisha's comment, right, as you can there's there's a level to it where you're getting your name out there. And then it's also like, no, 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 take me seriously as as a business. Take me seriously as a person who also is doing this because I love it, but also because it's my livelihood. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's finding that balance. And I think that sometimes we also need to establish boundaries with people because they think that because you are an entrepreneur, this is all you're going to do. And so all of your time is for them. No, no, no. Just like you need to eat, sleep and distance yourself and have balance and clock in and out of work is the same way we need to do it as well. And entrepreneurs, we don't always implement self-care, but it's necessary. Right. To establish yeah. those boundaries, to have those real conversations and to, again, understand your limitations um, and where you are, again, as a mom, as an entrepreneur and as a partner. Right. You're very, very aware of all of that. And so you mentioned earlier that your five year goal was something that you were able to accomplish in about like year two. Yes. What is now your five year goal then? Like, where are we looking to go in the next five years of this life? I plan not not even on an event design level. So, of course, doing um, in-home dining here and most likely Florida. Um, But speaking on platforms, so my biggest fear, which I'm not going to say is my fear anymore that I've overcome my first year doing my workshop was my first time ever holding a mic. So I have this like public speaking. And so I'm, I'm, I'm pushing myself to even do these now. So I'm like, yeah, the more people that ask, I'm just going to say, yeah, you know, just yeah. to get experience because that was my biggest thing. But God has been calling me to do that for a while. And just that fear of, you know, judgment, although I'm very confident, it's still like, what if you say something that doesn't make sense? So you use the word in the wrong context. It's just overthinking. Right. But so what? So what if you do? Right. So I have to keep telling myself that. Like, so what? It's OK. Um, so it's really traveling, speaking on platforms, speaking to young girls, people, especially in this industry and doing what I'm doing here in Boston. From state to state, I love that. From state to state, I'm supportive of it. And I see, take it away. Yeah. So for me, my last question for you is: from the past events that you've been doing over the past year, what has been the ones that are most memorable to you? Hmm. That that's a really difficult question for me because I just feel like each event I try to outdo myself, but I still loved it. The thing is, I love my clients. So the majority of my clients become family. They invite me to holidays and things that have nothing to do with me designing, like just coming over their house, let me cook for you. So it's like everything is so special, but I would really say my workshop, which was Art of the Table, because it was a complete transformation. Like I really need you guys to look at the video because it, it, it was very emotional for me to be able to do that. And with the support of all my vendors, right? Mm-hmm. All my vendors working with me, it was probably like a $50,000 workshop, right? So that, and then the baby shower right before that. When my clients have these huge budgets, it, it just makes me go crazy. Cause it's like, oh my God, now I can do something that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to be pretty, but Certain events, I'm doing things that I've never done before because I can transform the room in ways that I've never been able to because I didn't have the budget. So I would say the baby shower um, that I did in December of last year, no, October of last year, my workshop in November, and I just did a birthday party in, um, I think it was last month, where I was able to afford a whole bunch of custom props and things like that. Those kind of events are going to always be my favorite in terms of design. 
I love them all, right? I would never give anybody something that I absolutely do not love. But those are the ones that I can really think outside the box because I have the money to create stuff versus just getting rentals. Absolutely. I love it. Um, um, my last question for you would be, in this work, like pouring into other people, you also need to be poured into, right? So what does pouring into Aisha look like and who inspires Aisha and mentors Aisha in this work to continue to persist? Okay. So what I do all the time, every day, is prep recite my affirmations. I do a whole self-care thing, even with the people that I coach. My affirmations, they're on my mirror, they're in my bathroom. There's an alarm that just went off. There's alarms that go off in my phone every single hour with a different affirmation. Um, I pray throughout the day. I go to the beach. So by the water is where I feel, or in nature, I feel closest to God. Um, I'm a very emotional being. And I never noticed that until after I had my son, because I just like everyone else had this childhood trauma and I was so hard. And then after I had my son, I had to learn how to love differently, you know, and soften up a little. So now I'm way more emotional than I've ever been in my life. So I do things like go to the beach and just sit and be, turn off my phone, um, affirmations, pray, all of that works for me. I'm on this journey of learning how to meditate because I am seeking joy, not happiness, because happiness is in moments. And when things are not going right, then you're unhappy and you want this. And then it comes from a place um, that you're not grateful for what you have currently. So I'm trying to reach joy, which is everlasting and always see the positive in things. So I'm halfway there. I've done a lot of work to get there. Um, But I've noticed that I've done a lot of growth work and not healing work. And this is why certain things trigger me that I thought I was healed from because I didn't do enough healing work and I thought they were the same mm. and they're not. So I've grown past that point, but I'm still healing that little Yeah, it still hurts. So yeah. figuring those things out now and getting to the root cause and healing that. Um, but for the most part, I'm, I'm generally happy. Helping people makes me happy, but I learned that I need to be poured into as well. And my family does a great job with that. And my boyfriend, you know, cause it's a need now and I didn't need it before, but I need it now. And you know, it rise to the occasion. I love that. And then, you know, and then I would say that, you know, I would imagine then that Chica Project is very much part of that, right? Because in order to give to somebody else, you have to be able to provide for yourself. And as you're, mm-hmm. as, as you're navigating your life and your journey. So what has it been like to mentor somebody else or people? I'm not sure how many people you mentor, what the process is like for you with the Chica Project. But. I would say my mentoring comes more from my clients coaching. With Chica Project, I'm in the community-based Chica Project, which is group-led. And you have an impact, but I feel like I have more of an impact. One on my old staff at BMC, because I still check on some of them and we still talk and I still mentor them, but also my clients that I coach. I feel like I have a bigger impact on them than the community based with Chica Project. Chica Project is absolutely amazing. The work that they're doing is phenomenal. I say anyone pour into them, they, they're doing the work, right? And they're here for advancing black and brown young girls. They really are. And it's great mentoring them because you do, you know, you become a resource for them. But I feel as though my clients, um, I mentor more and really see their growth from where they started to where they are now. 
I love that. And then I would just want to cheer you on with your journey of growth and healing. That's nothing but a word, sis. And I support that wholeheartedly, right? Where there is truth, there truly is a difference between growth and healing, right? And so growth is that next level. Like, where are we going? What are we accomplishing? But I almost want to say it's like, not that it is material, materialistic items, but it is more surface based, right? Yeah. Where it's just like it's, it's, it's the external, it's the navigation, it's the cerebral, but the healing process is from the heart, it's from the soul in a way where you are doing those, uh, you are ugly crying without recognizing you ugly crying, hyperventilating without understanding yeah. where this hyperventilation is coming from. You are like anti-people with a stank attitude because you're just like in a funk and that's a real one and don't just run from it, but acknowledge it. Um, right. But then also to your comment, like, but when you are in that moment of joy, can't nobody take that from you, right? Because you're truly there. Right. For any of you who are navigating life and are and are persisting through just, again, highs and lows and are still, as an adult, unpacking your childhood life, like really, really pour into that young version of yourself by taking the time to acknowledge that who you are as the older version of yourself is yeah. exactly who you need to be to go, to continue to go where you want to be and where you are destined to go and be. So that's important. Yes. Uh, Aisha, for the collective, let uh, everyone know where they can follow you if they want to book you. Um, also, all your social media platforms uh, where they can follow you online also. Great. You guys can follow me on Endless Flare. It's Endless Flare spelled F-L-A-I-R. That's my Instagram. Same on Facebook. Or if you wanted to book an event, info, I mean, sorry, endlessflareevents.com. All right. Thank you very much. Thank for you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Aisha, again, for being here, for sharing your authentic and transparent story with regards to being an event designer, what that truly looks like, but then also taking us on a trip of your personal story and a personal narrative and how you came to be here. Um, going through a moment in life where you were combating and persisting through fear to be able to balance again and understand the importance of prioritizing your child, your passions, your purpose, and navigating the differences in between and a personal intimate relationship is not an easy feat for people to do. Also, while trying to maintain and build community amongst people of color in the city of Boston in a lane that is not often occupied by people of color. So we wish you nothing but the best. And again, thank you so much for your time and your energy. And we look forward to celebrating you five years from now, 10 years from thank now, you. and I'm next month. So good luck to you in your summers. As you say, you are booked weekend for weekend, typically, um, and all that you're looking to do. And for those of you who want to put on an event, particularly a private dinner, or even want to attend some of Aisha's workshops and pour it to your heart and your soul with other people, be sure to follow her. Thank Bless you so yes. much. Have a blessed week. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. You so too. too. All right, collective. So it's always a good time to be with all of you. So as always, if you're looking to stay connected with the Urban Collective Show, we encourage you all to follow us at the Urban Collective Show um, on on Instagram, y'all, I never, I never know our Twitter name, but it is Twitter. It is at the UC <laughs> Show Three. Um, so I love that. So please follow us on Twitter. And thank you so much, Brandy, for your commentary. You know, um, and for everybody who was commentating um, during this conversation, Celeste, Shirley, Joanna, Janine. I'm like people. Like this is this is what we're talking about here, right? When it comes to the collective, and I see so many of you as like women of color, black women at that. Um, and Kevin has started off saying what's up to us. So Kevin, without a doubt, always much love to you too. Um, but yes, I was saying follow us on all of our platforms. If you're looking to email us, email us at the Urban Collective 
show at gmail.com. Feel free to ask us any questions you may like. If you want to be on our show, if you have somebody who you think that it's important to be highlighted on the Urban Collective show for all of their contributions, um, unsung heroes, please just send the recommendations our way. We are, in fact, here for you um, here at the Urban Collective show. We do it for the city and we do it for the culture. Yes, yes. As you know, always with the Urban Collective, we like to end the show with a motivational quote. Uh, So this Sunday, as we all know, it's going to be Mother's Day. So shout out to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day to every single mother. Uh, Me having a newborn, I've seen how much mothers have to sacrifice. So happy Mother's Day to my lovely wife and to all the family members that are out there. Uh, But we have a quote. Uh, based for Mother's Day, uh, goes like this. There ought to be a Hall of Fame for mamas, creation's most unique and precious pearls. And heaven help us always to remember that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Mm. Uh, That is by Glenn Kimball and Steve Warner. Uh, So thank you again to all the mothers. God bless. Enjoy your Sunday. Um, enjoy the day, you know, get pampered and enjoy the day. I wish everyone the best Mother's Day this weekend and uh, catch you guys in a couple of weeks. Absolutely, y'all. And I would be remiss if I didn't just say to also recognize the women who are out there trying to conceive and struggle to conceive. I can only imagine how difficult a Mother's Day could be, especially if you have conceived and you lost a child. Um, I'd like to bring those people into this space, into this conversation, because, again, I think you are just as important as the people who have had these children and those who adopt as well. Um, you are very much part of this conversation, part of this celebration. If, in fact, this is something that you want, um, given the sensitive times and given the sensitive territory that this is. And to women out there who are choosing to not ever have children. That is also okay, And so I want to bring that into this space, too, as a collective show and recognizing that when we're celebrating Mother's Day, we are celebrating all women for what it means to be a woman. So we see you. We hear you. We love you. And we thank you. So it's your girl, Bernadine Truth, checking out. Yes, you've been an IC and make sure collected to share the show on all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, wherever we are on every single podcast platform out there from iTunes to everything. So make sure to share the show. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Deuces. Bye. Uh. Yeah. Uh, you already know I'm trained to go. It's about eight o'clock for my favorite show. All the latest news on your radio. Yeah. Had to start a wave that I changed the flow. Y'all know who the best is. The Urban Collective. They know we the leaders. Every time you turn on your speakers, every rhyme is just ether. See, I don't play in the booth. And every topic is serious. They don't play with the truth. See, what we do is inspire, motivating the youth. And what you doing is tiring. We ain't hating on you. You see, we taking over. Do it cause we supposed to. With topics and logic that'll get you up off your sofa. And we getting closer. City right on our shoulders. Urban Collective. We do it for the city and the culture. Yeah.